Well, welcome everyone again to Ecclesia United. My name is Anthony Richardson. And I am the founder and the president of Ecclesia United. Uh, I want to thank you for joining us. Um, if you have not already subscribed, I would encourage you to subscribe to our podcast channel. Uh, you've obviously found us uh, today, which is how you've gotten to uh, hear this particular installment. So that, uh, I would encourage you to go back and to read and to listen uh, to, um, I said read, but listen to uh, the previous podcasts that have been released in our library as these are building upon um, a specific theme, particularly the ones um, five, seven, and eight. Uh, this particular podcast will be the last installment of that series, five, seven, eight, two, where we're walking through the Hebrew alphabet and the associated numbers related to the numbers five seven eight two so the hebrew letters that are associated with the numbers five seven eight two um <clears throat> and what we've been teaching on is the um the spiritual significance of the letters and the numbers uh the spiritual infusion and the meaning behind the letters and the numbers um and how they are relating to times and seasons and and giving um uh, and, and let me correct that, not necessarily relating to times and season, but more so uh, providing revelatory information to help us to understand what is taking place in the times and the seasons um, that are around us uh, and what is, what is forthcoming, where we're at right now, uh, what we should be doing. Um, these, these Hebrew letters and numbers give us uh, the ability and understanding uh, and revelation to help us to discern um, direction, uh, intention, uh, what we should be doing, what we shouldn't be doing. Uh, you can think of them as spiritual compasses uh, to help to guide us uh, to to the place places that God would have for us to go, into the things that God would have for us to do, to infuse us with the faith and the strength and the uh, understanding and the wisdom of how to apply the understanding. Uh, these are super, super powerful um, uh, letters and numbers uh, because God's spirit is infused in these letters and numbers. Um, and so I don't uh, they're to be handled with care and with accuracy and precision and with 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 um, reverence. Um, and I think that's uh, super important uh, for you to understand as we as we have been traversing through these letters and numbers, um, not in an effort to sound cool or have some new way of teaching God's word or anything of that nature. This is simply to to have an understanding um, uh, of what God wants us to understand, or, or 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 not maybe not wants us to understand, or what we are excavating out um, of God's word and his 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 creation to help us to understand uh, what's going on. God wants us to understand. Um, in fact, God tells us to search for understanding and to search for wisdom as if they're lost treasures. Um, he said he says in his word, wisdom is a principal thing. So get wisdom and with and with all thy getting, get an understanding. He wants us to understand he wants us to excavate. He wants us to search. 
He wants us to stretch. He wants us to to go after, to acquire understanding and insight, and revelatory information. And the way in which we get those elements is by way of his spirit. So we are to seek him. Uh, and when we say seek, seek the Lord, it is it is not it is not so much as looking, looking, looking for him. Uh, in, in that sense, and when you hear the word seeking, uh, especially from a Western con- context in which we hear the word seeking, we start to think about looking for and finding uh, as if God is lost. But God is saying seek him, meaning uh, um, in essence, prioritize him above all things. Uh, so so the scriptures would say this, say it like this, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all these things will be added unto you so seek ye first is first in is a is an is a prioritization it's prioritizing God above all things um, and so as we're seeking him that that's what we that's what we are charged with doing prioritizing him above everything uh, we live in a world now where seeking God isn't uh, the priority. God isn't priority. Experts are the priority. Uh, individuals with PhDs or high levels of influence, uh, publicly renowned people, uh, people that have a large following on social media outlets, uh, those tend to be the people that that individuals will go after when they're looking for insight and wisdom and for help, and for understanding or for whatever they need, they're seeking out them. Books, columns and newspapers, op-eds, um, things that are outside of God. And God is saying, seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and then all these things will be added unto you. So in a sense, our world is out of balance because the prioritization of God has been uh, left. Um, and if, if you've been following any of these teachings as we've been talking through the numbers 5, 7, 8, and 2, uh, the very first number in this installment is number 5, in which God has been talking to us about getting the attention of all of creation. Everybody is to stand at attention as God is speaking. Um, so, so I want to be very intentional about how we methodically release this particular installment, given all of what I just said, um, because, because as, as we stand at attention, God is wanting us to make, take heed and pay attention to, to a message a prophetic message that he is telling the entire world. Um, and so prophetically speaking, I, I want to say this. Um, we must heed and pay attention. We must heed and we must pay attention because the world is not going to return to what it was before. Now, before what one might ask, Currently, right now, in the midst of this 
uh, global pandemic called COVID-19. Um, there's been there's been this quest for the world to return to normal. There's been this quest for the world to return to normal. Now, normal is what the world feels normal is as it was before having to put on masks and socially distancing, uh, decreased hours operations for, for stores and businesses and changing in schedules and all the different things that have come as a result of, uh, uh, of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, the, the world, the world at large is trying to get back to normal to what life was like before COVID-19, which that life was any, any myriad of variations of acquisition, hustle and bustle, go after, uh, sporting and gaming events, fill the capacities, um, just going after, seeking after that which you want to do. Um, the, the, the continual eroding of spiritual systems and values and appreciation for spirituality and particularly Christ Jesus. Um, just returning to life as people thought life was. What's, what's interesting about that is what people thought life was, was not really life. Even, even professing Christians had an idea of what life was and what it is, uh, and, and, and it's particularly relating to purpose and and destiny, people are trying to find purpose. People are trying to find destiny. People are trying to find which way that they should go. What should they be doing? And 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 in some of those aspects, even from a Christian perspective, people have tried to answer that question with spiritual assessments, um, tools, uh, and, and different resources like that to try to help people to find out purpose and destiny for their lives. Uh, and there, there is a value to um, assessments, um, personality assessments, um, uh, batteries, tests, um, benchmarking, baselines, things of that nature. There, there's a value to that. But bereft of or void of of, of, a, of a prioritization and a spiritual sense that God is first and above all things, then we have lost track of what we should be doing and how we should be going about things. So the world trying to return to normal is trying to return back to these other alternative methods of seeking purpose and seeking life or living life or living life as life 
is thought to have to be lived. There's been there's been uh, you could take advertisements on TV, um, advertisements in publications, social media posts, uh, Facebook, Twitter, people fashioning or flashing before others quote-unquote life and what life looks like what living looks like people are posting pictures of them quote-unquote living the best life or living their best life and what we're saying prophetically is that what this quest to return back to that normal of living life the way that you believe life should be lived and being able to post about that on the various vacations um, or with quote-unquote friends uh, shopping, eating, or dining, or hanging out, or whatever. Whatever these, uh, whatever these pictures of what others are posting of what life is, is in fact void of the true essence of life because the true essence of life this is the greater majority this is not every single post this is not every single picture that you see of people posting out I'm not saying and we're not saying that everyone who's doing these things is not living a correct life what we are saying is that the vast majority of people in these posts and we're using social media quite a bit because it's it's a it's a regular medium of people attempting to express life uh, and so the expression of life that people are are putting before others is actually void of the true essence of life because the prioritization of God is not first in those individuals lives a sense of some type of spirituality may be a part of those individuals lives but the true essence of life or the true core of life when we talk about essence we, we, if we break that word down we start talking about core stripped down of everything the essence of something is at its very core what is it what is it without any of the other accoutrements accoutrements of life or the or the accessories uh, that accompany life so the accessories would be all of, all of the other things that we may see posts having drinks with friends the, the, the hanging out and having fun vacationing uh, the, the the kayaking the, the 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 mountain the mountain hikes nature walks and all those different things, um, the spending of money, lavish lifestyles, acquisition of things, and material and elements, eating fine foods. These are these are the accessories of life. But the essence of life looks at life stripped of all of those things to then look down at the very core of the individual to say, who are you? What are you supposed to be? What are you expressing 
as you be who you are to be or who you are supposed to be. So prophetically speaking, we must heed and pay attention. The entire world must pause, take heed and pay attention because the world is not going to return to what it was before. God is commanding that we creation, we is creation, that creation be who he has called it or us to be. And any attempt to try and restore life to what it used to be as people have thought it to be will only result in the extension of this current pandemic because the pandemic is to show the world who's the real boss. The real boss is God, not the world or the ruler of the world. When we think about Corona, Corona means crown. So it's very, um, excuse me, interesting that a coronavirus would be released and it would come about at a time that when it did come about. And I think what's happening is it's a war of who is actually boss. And God is saying, I am actually boss. I am the boss. I have been the boss. Never was not the boss. God is the boss. And continuing in this prophetic declaration and, 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 and um, utterance, if you will. God is the boss and he will get everything out of everyone. And if one chooses to remain stiff necked and seemingly immovable. God will send variant after variant along with other things to break the neck of stiff necked people. So as we consider that, I want you to consider this this thought. And we're talking about the number two. We're going to get into this Hebrew uh, Hebrew letter bet or bice or base uh, and, the, and the number two in, in a moment. But considering what we what we just talked about or what we just uh, declared, which is God is the boss and he will get everything out of everyone. And if anyone chooses to remain stiff necked and seemingly immovable, God will send variant after variant along with other things to break the neck of the stiff necked people. And as we recall, I want to recall something before us, which is uh, Pharaoh in the book of Exodus and specifically at the time where God has heard the, the cries of his people that have been in Egyptian bondage for over 400 years. He's been crying out because of the harsh labor 
and the abuse, the afflictions that have, that they have suffered at the hands of an oppressor by the name of Pharaoh, who's sitting in the seat. The Pharaoh is sitting in the seat. So the Pharaoh of that time is sitting in the seat and oppressing. The seat is the rulership seat and is oppressing the children of Israel in Egypt. Um, and this oppression has resulted in the crying out of the people of Israel to God for deliverance. And then God sends forth a deliverer, raises up a young man by the name of Moses, sends him forth, gives him a calling, says, you are to go to Pharaoh and declare unto Pharaoh, let my people go. Moses is, is his name means drawn out or to draw out. Um, so, so, so his, in his name is the clue of what he's supposed to be doing is, which is drawing out the children of Israel from up under Egyptian bondage and leading them into their promise, sending them forth in, in emancipating them, if you will, so they can be free to move forward into what God has promised them. And Pharaoh's charge, Pharaoh, not Pharaoh, Moses is charged with this um, mandate to go to Pharaoh and to tell Pharaoh that God says, let God's people go, which the children of Israel or Israel, who is up under Egyptian bondage. Pharaoh, I mean, Moses is to tell Pharaoh to let God's people go so that God's people may come and worship him in the wilderness. Now, Pharaoh has this interesting response when Moses makes this declaration to him of what thus said the Lord. He says to him, and I'm paraphrasing, he says to, he says to Moses, who is this God? Now, here's where the stiff-necked people comes into play. Pharaoh says, who is this God that I should listen to him or heed them or heed him? to let Israel go. Now that's a very that's a, that's a very prideful puffed up arrogant filled inquiry that Pharaoh gives in response to a mandate from the God of all creation to say to to, to the representative of God's sins that is declaring the it is declaring and in fact mandating the emancipation of his people. Pharaoh says, "Who is he that I should even listen to him or heed him?" Moses's response is that God says, "I am." His name is I am, that I am. Pharaoh ultimately resolves to this he's not going to let the people of Israel go in fact he's not going to listen to God in fact he's saying who is even this God that he can come to me as Pharaoh and tell me what to do and then Pharaoh goes forward and says further I should say and says 
as a result, in a sense, this is paraphrasing, as a result of, of this hideous inquiry or, or, or directive from this God that Pharaoh doesn't even know. And in fact, to, to this God that Pharaoh doesn't even know, I, I, I won't go the way I was, I was thinking. Um, he, then, he then says, let's make the labor upon Israel even more harsh because apparently they don't they don't they have too much idle time to be thinking about going forward going somewhere and worshiping we need to make the labor hard upon them and at this time uh, the Israel had the children of Israel up under Egyptian bondage had a quota they were they were they were they were making bricks which ultimately be used in various capacities in the in the in the land of Egypt and Israel was charged with making these bricks and they had been given a supply of the of the materials or the provision required to make the bricks but upon this this mandate coming from Moses to declare that um, that God's people are to be let go so they may so that they may go and worship God in the wilderness Pharaoh says he increases the quota he strips them of the necessary supplies to make the bricks and tells them that they still must achieve their daily quotas even with limited supplies this very much sounds like a world that we live in today this sounds like a world where budgets are constrained inside of organizations. And I say constrained because they're artificially constrained in the effort in order to provide shareholders with maximum return on their investments. And that maximum return on the investment is at the hands of the workers who are internal to the organization who are getting paid at a rate that is not commensurate to the work in which they provide to the organization. And what it, and what it yields is organizations that have top heavy financial salaries to individuals and executives who aren't actually doing the work. But the work is actually pushed down to the subordinates of the organization who are paid at a less higher rate or at, a, at a much less rate than what the executives and 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 the board and the um, shareholders are paid as a result you have a, you have an employee base that is that is overworked and undercompensated and then further stressed and put up under duress which is actually aiding in in a, in a, in, a, in form and aiding aiding in in form of the destruction of families this is extremely critical to understand this is extremely critical to understand because the fight to get the world back 
to normal is a stiff-necked people rising up in opposition to not allowing God's people to be let go. Now, there's this dichotomy that sort of sort of or seemingly is introduced in that in that statement of letting God's people go. Because the example that's that's being um, that we're talking from is the book of Exodus and the children of Israel. Israel's God's chosen people. And the effect that can sometimes be given when we start talking about, especially Old Testament and, and Israel and God's chosen people is that the word of God and things of God is only available to Israel, which is not true because when Jesus died on the cross, he rent the veil, which took down the partition that made the, the which made God accessible to all mankind. It's not so much that God was not accessible before, but the law is teaching the law. We talk about the law. The law is the Old Testament. The law the, or, or everything that's proceeding before Christ's death and after mankind's fall in the garden in Genesis. This law is teaching us as people the holiness of God, his standards, how he's operating and moving and doing things. It's important to understand that that particular distinction because this this the the, the grace of God has been extended to everyone. So letting God's people go is in essence saying letting God's creation go so that God's creation can then flourish and be who it's who it's designed to be. All of God's created, especially his people, are are, are supposed to be followers of God. The reality is that there is a bunch of people who have turned their necks up against God. So you have this dichotomy that is existing in this in this in this conversation, in the tones of this conversation, because one could question, are we talking about God's people, Israel, or are we talking about all of creation in terms of God's creating and, and the people and the humankind within the within the creation? And and we're saying that letting God's people go, especially when we use the context of corporations and people that are employed at corporations and, 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 and this example of upper level leadership, compensation rates, lower level, lower level or subordinate employees executing and performing the functions of the organization, 
being paid less 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 in, in, and not in commensurate to what they actually produce for the organization where others who are at the tops of the organizations actually don't do the work they push the work down to others to do but reap grander rewards of higher compensation bonuses prestige whatever else that's accompanied with that it's 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 this it's this world system generated and proliferated by stiff-necked people who are pumping their fists at God saying why should I let these people go why should I let creation be why should I do it the stiff-necked people would rather oppress creation in order to manipulate it and dominate it and control it to where they get what they want at the expense of other individuals. And, and to that stiff-necked people, just like God said to God, God said in his actions towards Egypt, plague after plague was sent until Pharaoh let the people of God go. So for everything that is artificially holding back God's people. So to everyone and everything that is officially that is artificially holding back God's people. You are operating in error against God himself. So I'll say that again for everyone that is artificially holding back God's people. You are operating in error against God himself because he's heard the cry of his people. And God is saying, let them go. The fight to try to return back to normal is in one hand a world system saying it's not going to let God's people go or it's not going to let creation be. It's not going to allow people to be and flourish as God has designed them to be. And God has a standard in his design. What people think they ought to be or, or, are, or are to be that are outside of the relationship of a true relationship with God is not living and being who they are as God has designed them. This brings into question lifestyles. This brings into question um, acquisition, seeking after certain things moving in particular directions. It challenges the thoughts of people, all mankind, all mankind. Because during the COVID-19 pandemic, especially and when it first broke out early on, when everyone was sheltering in place, it required that the whole world stopped. You sheltered in place, which then required for you to move into deep introspection and in inquiry within yourself, 
What am I doing? Am I doing the right thing? Am I moving in the right direction? What should I be doing? Evaluating and taking inventory of life. Some people did that. Some people took that inventory. Some people just turned to Netflix binging, catching up on great series, rest and relaxation. And there's some elements of this letter, of this letter, uh, bet or base that, that, that we'll talk about here in a moment that are part of this, um, of this deck, of the, of this, of this, that we're about to release. It's, it's a part of all of this. I'm, I'm in my head. I'm kind of going back and forth because I'm wondering if we should, um, after we're done with what we, what we're, what, what I want to release right now, should we then move into a separate recording and installment to continue to delve deeper into the letter base. And it's probably what we'll do. Um, but all of this that we're talking about is a precursor to excavating out the revelatory information that is wrapped up in this letter base. So let us, so let us continue. Do not stand in the way of the people of God that are set out on achieving the plans and purposes that God has for their lives. This prophetic declaration is for all leadership. It is for all leadership and government officials, employers, pastors, even pastors, education systems, commercial enterprises, financial systems, lenders from conventional to predatory and the like. If you have been in any way standing against the people of God, you are fighting directly against God and his people. And the longer you stand against God's people, the longer this pandemic will go on. There will simply be variant after variant after variant after plague after plague after plague and after catastrophe after catastrophe after catastrophe until God gets exactly what he wants. Woe be unto you if you stand in the way of the people of God. For the children of God, specifically, you must be. This is specifically talking to the children of God. You must be. Uh, you must be the children of God. This, this is, this is, this is specifically talking to those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ. This specific element that I'm about to say is specifically for those that have put their faith in Jesus Christ. For you, you must be. You must swiftly and obediently move into being who God has called you to be. There is a lost world that is literally waiting on the gospel to reach them. And it will not reach them without your or our lips. You've been assigned influence over a certain set of people. 
That set of people is unknown, but it is revealed by every individual that God gives you audience with. We must be. This is our essence. Amen.